Hey, what's up and welcome along to another edition of Tea and Tech with myself, Mr. B. This is a podcast where we talk all things tech, all whilst enjoying a nice cup of tea. It's that simple. Mr. BK Official, it's where you can find me on the socials. If you're watching this on YouTube, then make sure you hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button as well. Why not? Helps me out a lot. If you're listening to this on any of the major podcast platforms, then do hit that follow button and you will get notified every time I upload a new podcast. So in Tea and Tech, I delve into the world of tech and we look at some of the news stories that are out and about. I pick some of the most interesting ones and hopefully you feel that they are interesting and we can all learn a little bit from it. So let's get straight into story number one, which comes from Polestar, which is the Swedish car manufacturer. They have announced that it will support Apple CarPlay over an over-the-air software update. Now, this is kind of a big thing for Polestar because from the early stages, Polestar were one of the first to adopt Google's Android automotive operating system um, for all of its electric vehicles. Now, if you own an an iPhone and a Polestar, you will be able to mirror your display uh, on the 11-inch screen. Now, their screen on the Polestar 2 is portrait style, a bit like the Tesla Model X, um, whereas the others are landscape. It will be looking into um, taking advantage of the display, the heads-up display as well, the actual dials behind the steering wheel, with the latest uh, CarPlay update later on in the year, which was announced last week with Apple. So if you didn't see, there will be a major update, which essentially allows you to customize your dashboard as well as your uh, screen, your infotainment screen, uh, and make it a little bit more personalized towards you. So I think uh, Pulsar kind of jumped on this because of the advancement that Apple's have, uh, Apple has made for this CarPlay. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. They're Twitter post said the most fun part about driving a Polestar is driving it, but there is more to it. Our latest over-the-air update for the Polestar 2 comes with Apple CarPlay, allowing Polestar owners with an iPhone to change music, use apps, and communicate through Siri or the infotainment system. So yeah, interesting one out of um, Polestar, um, which is from Sweden. Moving on to story number two, which is also from Sweden. IKEA. IKEA has a new virtual design tool which deletes your furniture and replaces it with IKEA uh, furniture. So we've seen it before where you can use your phone or smart device to uh, incorporate AR. So you can have a look at your lounge and you can bring furniture in and see how it looks within the actual uh, footage that you're taking, whether it's an image or a, a movie. IKEA goes one step ahead of that with their new virtual design tool, which sees furniture within it and removes it so it looks like it's an empty room, allowing you to input and place their furniture into it, which is actually a very clever way of doing it. So I believe the way that it's going to work is you will take a a scan of your room. I think you'll have to do the usual figure eight just to compose, uh, just to configure your uh, compass and the AR element of your phone. I'm assuming this will be predominantly for iPhone. I'm not sure about Android yet, but this will be um, rolling out on iPhone first, I believe. So you'll do a figure of eight, uh, slow and steady, to wave your phone around just to let the camera um, see your room. And then what it'll do is it'll pick up furniture, so whether that's uh, shelves, whether that's sofas, chairs, and it will remove it. So you will see your room as an empty room 
which then allows you to select the furniture you're interested in and drag it in, place it, pinch and zoom so that it can uh, look like it will do in situ. Very clever little feature, uh, taking it one step further with AR and technology. Um, I'll be up for it. I think it's a, a very cool piece of kit to, to play around with. I'm going to try it and I will be updating you on that as soon as I've done so. So on to story number three. So have you heard of a company called Nothing? Now, Nothing kind of came out of nowhere over the last couple of years with their uh, wireless ear buds. I don't want to call them pods. AirPods, EarPods, um, which was obviously big competition against the Apple AirPods. They have this transparent casing, so you can almost see all of the electronics inside, which is quite cool. They have announced that they will be launching a phone, the Phone One. Um, they have announced that it will be coming soon, but unfortunately, it won't be coming to America. So nothing has confirmed that its debut smartphone, the Phone One, won't be getting a widespread release in the US or Canada. Instead, a limited number of the devices will be distributed to community investors in the country as part of a closed beta. Interesting. Uh, nothing said in a statement, it added that it will hope to launch a US-supported smartphone in the future. Um, now, the smartphone industry is a huge industry and it's a very tough market to break into, especially if you're a brand new company. Um, they have very good connections with a lot of the European and UK um, cellular providers. And I think what they're going to do is focus on Europe as a main um, area to, to launch this product, to see how it goes. And then eventually, hopefully, try and push into America. I think in America that the dominance with smartphones is Apple and Samsung. You've even got the likes of Xiaomi, um, Honor, Oppo, uh, some of those, even OnePlus, struggling to hit that market and, and make a dent in it. So it's kind of understandable that they're going to focus on their main market, which is Europe, um, and see how it goes. It's a big, bold move for them. It's actually quite a cool-looking phone, very similar to an iPhone, um, which you know some people are going to like, some people are not going to like, but it has a very cool LED um, feature at the back, which I won't go into detail on now, but I will discuss in detail in another podcast. So yes, they are saying that it will not be available as of now, but it potentially will happen further down the line with a different device. Now, the Phone 1 is due for launch, I believe, July 12th. Yeah. So the product listing came with a disclaimer that the phone is not fully supported in North America. Functionality may be impacted depending on your carrier coverage, speed and or reliability. On to the next story. WhatsApp. Now, this is something that I haven't had experience with because in the area, the region where I am, which is UAE, WhatsApp is used for everything except video calls and audio calls because it's not allowed in this region. Um, you have to use an approved um, piece of software or app for that. Uh, a whole other story to go into on that one. So in this region, WhatsApp audio and WhatsApp video uh, doesn't really happen. Um, so this is predominantly for the rest of the world, or I'm guessing. I'm not sure about WhatsApp in the States, whether that's a, a big thing. I believe that most people in the States would use either iMessage or Telegram, maybe. 
But WhatsApp has rolled out a new feature which allows you to mute individual users during group calls. Now, obviously, with everything that's happened over the last two, three years, and everybody looking at Teams and Zooms to do um, their video conferencing, WhatsApp has obviously uh, allowed for this to take place as well with multiple um, group calls. So you can dial people in um, and essentially have an audio conference uh, conference call. Now they've rolled out several new features over the last week. One of them is the ability to mute people during group calls. Um, now, this is something that you can do with the likes of a Zoom and Microsoft where you can, uh, the host can mute all uh, participants or sometimes individuals. They typically don't uh, typically don't offer a way to, for the individual user to mute however they want, uh, whoever they want during a, a call. So this feature also offers a new level of control that's probably best saved for chaotic meetings that involve up to the maximum of eight people on video calls or up to 32 on voice calls. So some new features for group calls on WhatsApp. You can now mute or message specific people on a call. Great if someone forgets to mute themselves. And we've added helpful indicators so that you can easily see more people when they join large calls. Uh, So in addition to the new muting feature, WhatsApp now lets you message specific people while on a group call. So again, a bit like Zoom or Teams, where you can message individual people um, during that particular meeting uh, without involving everybody in the call. It's not something I'm going to be able to try, obviously, because we can't in this region. Um, But when traveling uh, soon, hopefully I'll be able to delve into that a little bit, test it out, and then let you know what's happening with it. Okay, on to the next story. Now, this is an interesting one. Um, The MacBook notch. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people don't even acknowledge it. And honestly, I'm the latter. It doesn't really make a difference to me. I was the same with the iPhone. The notch, the no notch, whether it's a big notch, it it doesn't really make a difference to me. Yes, you can argue it takes up a lot of real estate on a screen. I quite like the notch on the the, the MacBook uh, Pro, which I'm using at the minute, the the new smaller um, notch. It's not something that really is is a worry for me day to day. It doesn't get in the way of what I'm doing. But there's a new AirDrop app, um, potentially, that could make this notch useful. Now, this is something that's been in development by an individual who will be potentially sharing this um, on test flight over the next couple of days. It's not an official Apple thing, but it's actually quite a clever thing. So what he allows to do, and there's a there's a video on Twitter. So the guy is at Ian K. Ian Keen is his name, but at Ian K uh, on Twitter has got inspired to build a little AirDrop helper app. So now what happens is, if you've got your Finder open and you open and you click on an image or a video, if it can be AirDropped, the outline of your notch highlights green, like a neon green. Um, if you drag the piece of content, whether it's a video or a file or an image, if you drag it up to the notch, it automatically opens the AirDrop pop-up window, which is very clever. Um, and I can see this being used and rolled out quite a lot, I would imagine. I would think that Apple might be interested in in you know getting involved in this app at some point, or maybe they'll do it themselves just 
as a feature built in. But it's quite a cool little novelty um, just to highlight that notch. Some people are going to hate it uh, like everything these days. You're going to impress some people and you're going to hate uh, other people. are going to hate what you do. But it is something that's slightly different. Um, and I quite like it. Okay, next story. On to YouTube. So YouTube Music Leapfrog Spotify wrapped with new seasonal recap playlists. So at the end of last year, I think it was, or maybe it was 2020, Spotify would give you an end-of-year recap on what you were listening to, the most successful tracks, the most common tracks, uh, not just you, but anyone. It could give you essentially a chart of of the year. Apple uh, YouTube Music... YouTube Music is now introducing this as well, but they're also doing seasonal. So, for instance, you can, um, let's see, it will show you seasonal recaps of your top artists, songs, albums, and playlists to YouTube Music, starting first with the spring recap. So, YouTube rolled out a Spotify rap style annual recap at the end of last year, but now YouTube owner Google is taking the concept further with seasonal rundowns. Similar to the 2021 recap, you'll find yourself uh, a personalized content section in the spring, re- spring Recap landing page on the YouTube Music app, along with your personalized Spring Recap playlist. YouTube product manager uh, Aisha Khan wrote in a blog post last week, We want to tell your friends about your favorite songs of the spring. Well, now you can. Easily share your Spring Recap playlist and stats by simply tapping on the arrow at the bottom of your stats card. Now on to the next story from YouTube. YouTube says that more than 1.5 billion people are watching Shorts each month. Now, Shorts, if you're not familiar or aware, is YouTube's equivalent of TikTok, which essentially allows you to scroll through short videos, short format videos, in the style of TikTok. You can like, share, dislike... Um, everything very similar. In fact, it's pretty much a clone of TikTok. And this has become a hugely popular way uh, for content creators to get content out there. In some cases, a lot of content creators who are hugely successful creating videos on YouTube have now got into doing shorts and their stats have jumped through the roof. And I believe that uh, YouTube even incentivized a lot of the big YouTubers um, last year with trying to get as much content on there as possible on these shorts, what they call YouTube shorts. Yeah, in 2020, it was a platform um, launch and it was it was racking up 30 billion views a day, according to Google. Um, that was as of April. Uh, shorts have gradually made their way across the platform, including recommendations and the company, Google, has added additional features mimicking TikTok, like sampling. Okay, Uh, Creators making more short-form videos isn't a coincidence. YouTube really, really wants them. And uh, they were offering payments to creators to sweeten the deal. And I think they had, yeah, they had over $100 million as a fund put aside just for the shorts, um, what they call the shorts fund. And they paid creators up to $10,000 per month when they made popular videos. Um, Payment amounts varied according to engagement and where the viewers are located. So if you haven't seen it already, get yourself onto YouTube, if you are on YouTube now. When you've finished watching this video, hit the little shorts button down the bottom and uh, you can scroll through and waste hours of your life just as if you were watching TikTok. And on to our final story, and this is from Adobe. So Lightroom 
which is one of their most famous, if not the most famous, uh, photo editing app, which can be used on computers or on your smart devices. You can now edit video in there. Now, don't get too excited. This is not competition for a Premiere Pro or iMovie or any of the major um, video editing softwares out there. It's limited in what it can do. Um, but what it does allow you to do is essentially uh, bring in your video content into the app and then allows you to color grade it. So if you're used to using Lightroom for photography, this is a very nice way to color grade uh, your videos. Now, you're not going to be going in and editing and multi-layering uh, multi or doing any of the fancy stuff that you would do in the other softwares. This is essentially, you can bring your content in one timeline, you can trim it at the start and at the end, you can shorten it and you can adjust the coloring on it. And that's the key feature. You can adjust the coloring on it. If you're used to using Lightroom for photography, then this is going to be a um, very easy uh, step across into the video world as well. You can then export that out once you've color graded, bring it back into your editing software and then play around with it that way. But if you're just doing little shorts videos, link back to the previous story, if you're just doing little uh, YouTube shorts and you just want to color grade some of your content, this is a nice way of doing it. So as of this week, um, Lightroom users will be able to work with the app's existing controls to color grade their videos. So like um, Lightroom, I think is is more intuitive, uh, more intuitive uh, for adjusting an image rather than the likes of going into a DaVinci, for instance, um, or a Premiere Pro, which can be sometimes a bit daunting. Uh, this is nice and simple. Um, very, very good quality allows you to delve into it and it completely changes your photography. So I can only imagine what it's going to do to videos. Uh, Lightroom is not transforming into an, a video app. Um, so they, they've made a point of saying that. This new tool allows you to color grade footage and trim down the beginning and the end of clips. But you can't arrange clips into a timeline. So if you want to do color grading, it's perfect for it. But if you want to do your editing, you need to take it back out and bring it into your existing editing software and uh, do it there. But this is a really cool feature. Um, it's quite a cost-effective application to use if you're using uh, any of the Adobe Suites um, subscriptions, then in theory, you should have this depending on which subscription you have. Really nice, very user-friendly. I'm looking forward to trying this out on the videos and I will probably do that and then post it up on some of the socials to give you an idea of the look of before and after. Okay, so that was it. A nice, quick and easy one for this episode. Again, if you enjoy what you're listening to, then please do hit that follow button if you're listening to it on the podcast platforms or if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that like and hit that subscribe and you'll get notified every time I post new videos and new podcasts. Mr. BK Official, it's where you can find me. Make sure you reach out to me. Leave a comment down below if you like this. Let me know if there's any stories that you want me to talk about and I will catch you on the next one.